Let me just uh, start with uh, praying for us, and uh, and we can dive in. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, your presence that's here with us. Pray you help us uh, today to um, to be able to tune in uh, to what you want to say to us and how you're present with us. Lord, help us to be present with one another and to listen, uh, to hear, and to experience, Lord, the good gifts of community and in um, your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, guys, this is the uh, second to last Table 101 class. So I'm sure you guys are feeling super sad about that. It's been good. Yeah. I don't know. What are we going to do next? Uh, but I'm sure the, uh, the burden of child care, um, that, that coming to an end. Actually, like um, I was supposed to give a uh, public service announcement. Okay, all right. Yeah, on, that, on that note. <laughs> on that note. Okay. <laughs> we're going to do it next week. I guess there's no one signed up. No one signed up next week. Okay, all right. Very good. That's, yes, Matt? One of us can do it. Whoever the teacher finds can do it. Yeah, probably. Matt, Matt or I can do it. Okay. Tell Ryan. Text him. No, <laughs> uh, okay, good. So glad we got that sorted out. Um, so uh, today we want to talk about mission, um, kind of, and, and then next week we'll talk a little bit about leadership. Uh, but we also want to talk about um, some of the stuff that's coming up. Um, one of the things that we had mentioned about this, this class was that um, one of the things it's leading up to, uh, well, a few things. Some of the things we need to do as a, as a church are get like an official uh, kind of um, vestry is the Anglican word for it, but it's kind of a leadership council um, board, you know, kind of thing. It's not quite a board of elders because we have a bishop. It's different than that. But it is uh, people who are taking a specific uh, responsibility for kind of overseeing an aspect of our life together, you know, so finances or you know, leadership in, in some regard. And so, so anyway, so uh, we want to be kind of calling people into that in this next season. I don't know exactly what the timing is going to be, um, but that's one thing that's, that's coming up. Um, another thing is that we'll probably have some kind of official um, membership uh, of some kind. And um, the purpose of that is basically just to be clear, a lot of us sort of uh, implicitly live on the basis of some kind of covenant with one another. You know, there's things that are okay that we do for each other. There's things that are not okay. And you don't, you, you sort of realize the things that are not okay when somebody does one and you're like, wait, that hurts my feelings. What's going on here, you know? Um, but it's, it's a way of kind of making that stuff explicit, of saying, hey, it feels like God's called me to this community and so for the next season I'm in. And that means this four, these four things or these five things, you know, this kind of commitments we're going to make to each other. So membership is part of that. Um, we haven't really solidified what that looks like. Um, I think that could even be a process of discernment, you know, with with you all as a community, people who feel like they're in. Like, what does this, you know, let's let's name this together. Like, what does this look like? What are we, what are we doing together? What are the commitments that we're making uh, making to each other? And what does it look like for somebody to join us, you know, and make that commitment? Uh, and then connected to membership is confirmation. Um, which is uh, kind of the, um, well, I brought my catechism so I could read the definition of confirmation to you guys um, so that you can start thinking about it. We're we are going to have a bishop uh, visit with us this fall. It doesn't sound like it can be Bishop Todd um, because of his uh, schedule, but he's got a number of assistant bishops uh, that he trusts, and so 
we'll have, we'll have a bishop out uh, this fall. Um, but question 118 in the Catechism says this, what is confirmation? And, and confirmation, of course, is located within this larger uh, scope of these sacramental rites, or these things that aren't quite, um, we don't call them, we call them like other sacraments, like Holy Communion and Holy Baptism are the, the two sacraments that Christ commanded us uh, to do. Uh, the rest of them are not commands, uh, but they are means of grace. They're ways for us to experience grace. So confirmation is one of those. What is confirmation? After making a mature commitment to my baptismal covenant with God, I receive the laying on of the bishop's hands with prayer. And there's some passages from Acts that talk about the laying on of hands as kind of the means of grace uh, in confirmation. And then uh, the next question says, what grace does God give you in confirmation? So basically, like, if this is a means of grace, how do we name that grace? What happens in confirmation? Uh, and the Catechism says this, in confirmation, God strengthens the work of the Holy Spirit in me for his daily increase in my Christian life and ministry. So it's, it's this means of grace, uh, this act whereby a bishop lays, lays hands uh, on you. And the grace that you receive in that is this increase is this strengthening of the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in your life. So um, we're not trying to convince anybody to get confirmed. We're not trying to coerce you into that. You know, that, that's not a, you know, we don't get extra points with the bishop, you know, if we confirm a bunch of people or whatever. Um, so that, that's not what this is uh, about at all. This is, um, this is about us uh, kind of submitting to this tradition of which we are a part and um, inviting people to come into that, kind of in this full, in this full way. Does that make sense? Um, so anyway, I, like if you guys have questions about it, some of you guys might be like, I don't know, that sounds weird. You know, I'm not sure what my parents would think of that or you know, am I disavowing my, my, no, you're not. You're not disavowing any tradition that, you're, that you've come from. It's really not what this is about. Um, uh, and some of you are like, I'm in, I'm all in, Let, let's go for it. And a lot of you guys have questions. Um, so want to like meet with you guys, talk with you guys about that. Basically with the goal of like helping you discern what is God actually doing in your life? And how do you say yes, right? So maybe confirmation is part of that. Um, and uh, the other thing that I think is important to point out is, is our connection as a church to Anglicanism isn't like a... Um, uh, an ancillary connection? Tertiary. Tertiary? Yeah, thank you. Any other uh, words that Peripheral. we could throw out there? <laughs> Peripheral. Um, <laughs> sorry, big, big words on Sunday morning. So, um, but, but it's not a... Uh, so I think I can put it this way. Uh, to be part... It's impossible to be connected to the table in a significant way and not be connected to Anglicanism. That's not like an optional add-on. Like, oh, I like the table, but that Anglican thing is, like, I don't like that. Right. That's not really, like, we are an Anglican. You know what I mean? Like, we have a bishop. Like, this is, this is what we were doing together, you know? That kind of thing. And by the same token, it's actually impossible to be an Anglican without being connected to a local church. Like, there's no, like, Anglicanism in the cloud, so to speak, right? You can't just call up a bishop and say, hey, I want to become an Anglican. Can you confirm me? Like, there's no bishops for hire out there. Like, the, the question the bishop would ask you if you got a hold of uh, him uh, would, would basically be to say, well, what church are you part of? Like, where, where, do you, where do you attend? Like, what community are you actually part of? So um, does that make sense? There's this, there's this connection. So I think if, if you're like, man, I'm all in at the table, but this Anglicanism thing feels weird to me, 
that feels like, okay, that's a kairos. And let's process that. Right? What, like, what does that mean? Like, what are, what are you noticing? What's happening there? Um, because the way that we're seeing it, you know, uh, as the people who, uh, like, have planted this church, are like, there's, a, there's an intricate connection here. And so if, if you're not feeling that intricate connection, well, let's talk about that. And just see what's going on, you know? Because God's up to something in the midst of that, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So anyway, just wanted to invite you into that. Um, and uh, uh, just to say that it's, um, it is part of what we're, uh, I, I guess, inviting people into and calling people into. And let me just say, too, it is larger than just local church membership, as you might be used to it. Um, because Anglicanism is a, uh, is a bigger thing than just the table, obviously, right? So being confirmed as an Anglican, like it's bigger geographically. Anglicanism is a global uh, phenomenon. Um, but also confirmation is a bigger thing historically. So confirmation also connects you not just to the table and not just to all the Anglicans who are alive around the earth today. It also connects you historically to the ancient church like going back, the, the communion of saints. Confirmation is something that the church has practiced for a long time. And so there's a, there's a connection there that's larger than this, the several families who attend the table. There's this connection globally to this you know, family of uh, this global church, basically. And then there's also a connection to the communion of saints throughout history uh, that happens in confirmation. So anyway, just wanted to say those two things, three things, four things. I don't know how many things I said about confirmation. But uh, does anybody have any questions or uh, observations or comments about confirmation like right here, right now? And again, we're happy to chat. If you have like something you want to chat personally or privately about later, we can do that. But, but any, any comments, any observations, any questions? I'm just trying to figure out how I feel about it. Coming yeah. from a tradition that we don't do that at all. It's a very new thing. Yeah. And also coming from a tradition that I, there's no value in membership. Like uh-huh. they still do membership, but like I think it's unnecessary in the church I come from, Wesleyan Church, and like yeah. ridiculous. And people in my family think the same thing. <laughs> Your family uh, thinks yeah. the same thing, yeah. Yeah, like they're like it's it's just so so like it's a very I'm trying I'm not against it. Yeah. I'm just coming from a Good. place where like this is so weird and new, and yes. I don't I don't see the value in it yet. Yes. Okay. Good. But just because, because right, not because of there's not value it's because I, where I'm coming from. Like I yes. Don't, I'm not against doing it, but I'm like, I'm not going to do it just to do it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That a, a, lot of, a lot of these things, and I'll just say from my perspective, a lot of these things, that was my journey into them as well. Is that first feeling like, oh, I thought this was something else, and now I'm perceiving this invitation on a different basis. Like, is that true? You know, like, like what, what's happening here? So... So yeah, that's good. Don't do it just to do it. Yeah, but, and I'm in with the table. I'm in with, and like, I'm in with Anglicanism. It's just that. Yeah. It's the uh, the whole membership thing that I just, I just have personal like, especially in the Wesleyan Church. It's like to be a member, you have to sign this commitment, and you can't drink. Oh right, <laughs> <You know>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's yeah. all these rules that are yes. attached to it, things that you can and can't do. Yeah. And so that's like where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, like I totally get that. Deconstruction that's needed mm-hmm. with that, yeah. that exploration. Yeah. Like, here's here's what it is. Here's what it isn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I came I came up in the Presbyterian Church, and uh, so we had membership, 
and confirmation and all that stuff. Uh, but then I think later on, as I worked for a Presbyterian church, I, I became very skeptical about the whole membership thing. Mm -hmm. And, and the, <laughs> particularly when certain members were seemed to be given more, like people who had been members for a certain like gold time, they, they were gold members. They were just listed in the directory gold members. Right? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this whole other church for a there in other sites. Yeah, yeah. So there's this whole weird thing around membership that yeah. I know Miranda and I both have this sort of like reaction against. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, I don't like that word. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, most people don't. I'm like, yeah. I like the word confirmation because it doesn't feel. Yeah. It feels different. Uh huh. But totally. It doesn't feel exclusionary. Yes. You know, yeah. Exclusionary. That's yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 I've I've wondered before if the word partnership would be better than membership. Um, at least like the conversations that we've had in staff meeting and stuff about it. Yeah. Like that's that I think that embodies what we're talking about a lot more than membership. Hmm. Yeah. Not that we have to go that route. Yeah. It may just help to yeah. get a feel for yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. We're yeah. Partners, so we're partners planting this community. Yeah. We're partners of this community. Like we're fully invested. Yeah. 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 What, what, we'll see if there's better language for it. Um, but that definitely is the idea of investment, of some kind of, you know, commitment that we're making to each other. In some ways, in some ways I think about it, but I hear what you're saying about the status thing. Like that, that's what I hear when you talk about the gold member. Yeah. Is like, there's a status that I'm achieving by, you know, and that's gonna give me certain rights and privileges in this community. Like, I get to decide what color the carpet is next time, right? Because I'm a gold member and I have more, you know. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I hope we can avoid some of that stuff. I remember, um, for some reason I'm thinking of, when I used to travel a lot uh, with an organization that I was uh, kind of traveled around and taught for, um, I got gold status at on Delta, yeah. like on my flights, and I it was amazing how quickly I sort of loved it. You know, like <laughs> it was amazing how quickly I realized like I, I get upgraded to first class like forty five percent of the time, and I, you know like. Uh, you know, free drink in first class. It was like, it's seductive, man. Like, um, it and then what? You from us when we traveled together. <laughs> right. Sometimes I got upgraded, and I'm like, well, what do I do? Not take it? I'm gonna, you know. Right. I'll maybe send something back to you if I can. <laughs> That's good, man. You got a. That's a good line. I should use that. But yeah, I, I remember like when I when I stopped traveling. Of course, you get it for a year. So I had it for a year, you know. And but when I like I lost my gold membership. I remember, I remember this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I have to stand in the long line with everybody else. Like all these, anyway, the dirty unwashed. No, I'm just. Kidding. It wasn't that extreme, but it was interesting how how seductive that is. The status, privilege thing. Yeah. Um, so and maybe we don't call it membership and then we would call it something like Diamond Elite. Diamond Elite. Yeah. That'll go that'll take us in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I yeah, I, I hear all that. Let me let me just say unequivocally, that's not what we're seeking to 
foster, right? right? Um, and we want to pay attention to if, if that is happening in our community. Um, and I'll say too, I like, I like the term, I understand where you're coming from with membership because you belong to like clubs, you know, where you have this status and, you know, my parents were a member of this golf club and so now I can go for a reduced price or whatever. Um, but uh, it is biblical. Like we are members of one another. We're members of a body. So if there's a, if there's a better way to like indicate that kind of reality, then let's call it that. Um, but that's what I like about the term membership is basically like we're actually saying we're pretty deeply connected to each other in that we are members of one another, you know, members of the same body. So, Matt, did you have something? Yeah, I guess sure. We had a little side conversation back here, <laughs> <laughs> and she was asking me why, 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 why do we have membership? No, that's not what I asked. <laughs> I said, what is the goal? Good, yes. Yeah. What is the goal? I don't. What's the goal? Yeah. And did did you have an answer for her in your side conversation? Oh wow, that's what that's back of the class over there. Shenanigans. There's some shenanigans going on. That's a good question. What is the goal of membership? I guess I'm surprised. It's interesting to hear the um, visceral reactions, the negative. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I don't have that sort of reaction. So my question is just like, well, what's our goal? Like, yeah. Why would we do this? Especially if there's so many people that act like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Because I don't know that that's my reaction today to, to, to mm-hmm. that idea of membership, but certainly then it was. And I think it had to do with, is there a clearly defined uh, goal of membership? Yeah. That question that. Yeah. I don't, you know, uh, it's a good question. I mean, maybe confirmation is enough. I don't know. I say this typically. Membership is for three reasons. Like, when it boils down to it, churches won't say this, but we're all friends here. Uh, it's one it's like you are you are now sort of uh, accountable to tithe two you can you have access to greater responsibility in the church so you can be entrusted with leading certain ministries or uh, maybe you get a church credit card you know whatever and three uh, don't, don't get carried away on the church credit card, though. All right. Well, but, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you're a member, so And three, it's basically this um, ag- agreement. It's this contract you're making with the church that if I ever screw up, you can put me under church discipline. Mm-hmm. You're basically saying, I want, I want you to come after me if I, uh, come if at me, I bro. wander off. Like, it boils down to it. Those are the three things that membership actually, like, from my experience, right. like, actually do at a church. Yeah. Functionally speaking. Functionally yeah. speaking. Yeah. I think that there's a greater sense, there's some, I think if we are going to have any kind of membership that's just beyond confirmation, uh-huh. I think we need to articulate what it's for. Yeah. And in my, for me, it needs to transcend those three things. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it may include some expectations around those three things, but it, it has to be about more than... Like you, you said the word contract. Like it has to be more than a contract. I'd hope, I'd hope that it's more of a covenant, right? It's more like, it's more like hey, let's get... I don't know, this is a bad example, but let, let's get married, right? Like, why, why, why have a wedding, right? Why not just, you guys know you're committed to each other. Yeah. Go for it. Well, there's something, there's something about it, right? There's something about making promises. There's something about the pu- public nature of it. Um, there's something about, like, the social nature of it uh, that makes it important. It's like everybody's, everybody's on the same page here. Like, Joel and Miranda are married, you know? Like, we know... Or, you know, whoever else, right? Does that make sense? So, yeah. Yeah, totally. So our, our goals would be, they would transcend just the, I don't know, the functional kinds of expectations and privileges that might be associated with other kinds of church membership. But anyway, we're still figuring it out and discerning it. So. And actually, this conversation is part of that discernment. So, interesting to hear some of the reactions to it. So. so did we answer Sharon's question that she didn't ask? So we're not really sure what the goals are. Yeah, I think it would want to, like, yeah, well, that's a good question. We know what the goals are not. We know what the goals are not, yeah. Maybe still trying to articulate it, but I think I've got, yeah, Matt. I've got, I've got goals. Yeah. I've got dreams. Mm-hmm. I've got some dreams. Yeah, go, go for it. Our, if, if that was the question, what would be the goal? Why, why even think about it? Um, so you use the marriage metaphor, and I think it's good. Let's, let's sort of camp there. Like, the, there's a reason why um, there is a community around marriage, and why there is a, you know, like, traditionally, and even to this day, people don't, if, if they can afford it, they usually have a large number of people at their wedding and they have a party and there's lots of people there and they don't just go to the courthouse, although you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because marriage was a covenant entered into under the care and witness of a community. So the marriage bans, if anybody knows any reason why these two should not be joined in holy matrimony, so you can offer or hold your peace. Like, uh, you know, it's that's almost like it's either done away with in the modern marriage liturgy, or it's like done really quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of just a throwaway. But it actually, is this sort of thing like the covenant you're making isn't just between the two of you. This is the modern fetishing of of romantic relationships yeah. that somehow uh, you know the Jerry Maguire myth, like that somehow Sharon completes me and. Um, and I should be able to get all my intimacy, romantic, relational needs met in the confines of this, this little relationship. That's complete rubbish. Like that's not how humans are meant to, to live and flourish. So, um, okay. So that little mini rant is over. Only to say that membership at a church is, I think, it can be a spiritual formation process to declare. That I need people. Yeah. Like, whether I'm single or married, like it's not just about me and Jesus. And it's not just about me and Sharon. Yeah. And like, if it ever just becomes about me and Jesus or me and Sharon, I'm putting way too much weight on my individuality 
or on this mono kind of mono mono relationship that it was never intended to bear. And so membership is sort of a declaration of I need a community of people to flourish as a human. And I'm willing to commit to this group of people to figure that out and hash that out. Mm -hmm. So that's that's and that's something our modern society has forgotten. That we actually aren't aren't meant like the nuclear family isn't the epitome of human existence. That's coming up because you mentioned the wedding ceremony. So at least one thing I'd like to see membership being is this sort of this declaration that we make, you know, personally but corporately of um, we want to we want to hash this out together, work this out together. Like I need you, um, and so here's what that means. Yeah, I think it like you mentioned the spiritual formation aspect of it, um, and for me it works. There's counter formation. We're constantly having to counter form ourselves against the ways that we're we don't realize we're being formed into a way of being. Like if we just watch TV and you know go to work and Listen I mean. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, we're being formed into a way of being. And the way that our society trains us to look at the church is as any other voluntary organization, right? So, like, I go to this grocery store and I'm a member there, you know, and I get rewards every time I buy gas. Yes, you know, rewards, membership. So, I I go to this grocery store, I belong to this golf club, you know, I I belong to this thing, and I belong to this church. Like, church is put into this box of voluntary associations that I I attend, right? Out of my own, just, I I do this because this is me, right? I I shop at Target, I don't go to Walmart. You know, like, I'm saying something about myself by 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 the department store I go to, right? And then we, we do the same thing to the church. Like, I'd say something about myself about the church I go to. Well, I go to this church. I go to that yeah, church, you know. Sure. And so that, that's like, but that's a formational thing. We're, we're learning to sort of form ourselves according to, like, I choose to do this because it's good for me and good for my family right now. But, you know, if a, if a cooler grocery store opens up down the street, well, I'll just go to that one because I like what that says about me more than... What this one says about me. Does that make sense? So membership is kind of a counterformation to say, you know what? No. I belong to these people and I belong to this community and I need this community even when it's inconvenient, even when that person that you know I'm in group with rubs me the wrong way almost every single time. <laughs> right? Like, like I can look at them not as like, well, this isn't the church for me. I can look at them as, no, you're my spiritual teacher. This is a Kairos moment. Right? So there's a stronger connection. That's the only, re- I mean, that's one of the main reasons people stay married for more than like four months, right? Is because, like, man, it's kind of a big deal. We made a big deal about this commitment, you know? But usually four months into a marriage, you know, is when you're sort of. I don't think it took us that, that long even you know, before we were sort of just thinking, like, why did, why did we do this? <laughs> I didn't know this about you. Anyway. Can I say one more thing about that? Yeah. Since, uh, we're on the we're on the topic. I have lips, I'm not lazy. So you uh, you mentioned like this counterformational element of like I need this community. Well, there I hear that through my own sort of deep commitment of wanting to live in that kind of place and a DPS, but I also hear that through the stories I've heard of countless of people, countless people who have been hurt and abused by controlling churches. Mm. 
Yeah. So there's a tyranny of the individual where I have to construct my identity based upon branding or personal choices or consider. I mean, so the, you know, trillions of dollars to spend a year in our country to tell you that the best way for you to understand who you are is to construct your identity through consent. Yep. It's our entire economy is based on. And so there's a tyranny there that's being fed by trillions of dollars. There's also a tyranny of, um, of controlling or abusing communities. Right? Yeah. Telling you who you are. You just have to sort of submit to that. Yeah. And so uh, I think we need to be honest. Uh, not honest. <laughs> honest. We are controlling people, so we better let you know that. Not, not, not that, but just like uh, sober minded. Like, oh, yeah. You know oh, I mean? yeah. About the dangers or pitfalls that yeah. exist there. Yeah. So it's not like the community can save you from being this lonely individual. The community can also tyrannize you. Right. Yeah. It can, it, can, uh, it can gather you into being a part of the collective that, you know, this is the machine that spits out goals that you have really nothing to do with. Yes. So. Yeah. Yes. So, we want to avoid those things. Yeah. Well, I was going to say for encouragement, the way you guys describe it makes me want to sign up for it. <laughs> yeah. Great, we don't know what it is yet, but. Yeah. We'll take your $60 and. <laughs> down payment. From A, like, I have no desire to do this and I don't understand why, but maybe I would submit to it in faith to a, okay, I can understand why this is valuable. Oh, yeah. Great. And I understand, like, why I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Good. It's, it's, like it's deconstructing my own beliefs of I do this so that I can vote, or I do this so that I can get money for college, or I do this so that I can do, you know, like, I, I, these are things I get from it, and so, there's things I have to give up to do it. Right. Yes. It's a contract. Yeah. Yes. That's really encouraging, Becky. And just, the, you mentioned the voting thing. So, like, we had this conversation about human sexuality about a month ago in this room. And um, that's, there's like, and then we've been in conversations with our bishop about it, and other priests in our diocese about it since then, like that will take hard um, prayer rock discernment that um, frankly uh, I, I'm not interested in discerning it with people who aren't in it. Like you can't just walk off the street and have an equal voice of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not just like free for all. Johnny Come Lately gets to come in and like speak for the community. It's not a town hall meeting. No, it's not a town hall meeting. And we're not voting. Like, it's not like, okay, so we've gathered all these people. Half of you have only seen them twice in the last year, and your hand counts as much as Joel's hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's a sense in which, like, when you're when you have to actually do hard work, you know, and you have to have a Jerusalem council, mm-hmm. you you want to know the people in that. You want to know that the council isn't going to walk away if you decide the Gentiles can get the Holy Spirit. But they're committed to this group of community, right? No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I think that I think membership, whatever, a partnership, a stakeholder, shareholder kind of mentality of like, we're together. Like, I think that we need a robust commitment in order to make that safe. And to make that yeah. yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about we have talked about and we'll talk more about mutual submission and how that works. But that's one of the foundational necessities for mutual submission to work well is is that kind of uh, 
commitment that we have to each other, like on a personal level. Like, otherwise I'm not going to trust you with what I really think, right? There's always going to be this like, I've got, I actually have an agenda, but I can't own it because you might take advantage of knowing that I have an agenda, right? That kind of thing. Whereas if we trust one another, I can say, you know what, here's, what I, here's how I really want this to go, but I don't know why I really want it to go that way. Can you guys help me understand what's happening there? Is God in this? You know, is, am I just in this? Like, help me, right? But I'm never going to say help me unless there's some level of like, I trust you to help me and not just to, not just to use me to get, get me on your side now or whatever. Does that make sense? That's the kind of discernment we want to do together. Um, great. Well, we'll talk more about that next week uh, as well. Um, but we want to talk about mission uh, for just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Um, what, uh, what do you guys think of when you think of mission? Let's write some stuff on the board here. Like when you say like mission, you know, like uh, we're a missional church. Uh, what, does that, what does that bring to mind? Africa. Africa. Great. Yeah, it's something that happens somewhere else. Right? Yeah. Evangelizing. Evangelizing. So we're, and by that you mean like? Like neighbors, like neighborhoods. Right. Going door to door, being very intentional. Yeah. Canvassing the neighborhood. Like awkwardly, like not having a relationship, but. Right, right. Like, Uh, hey, you guys want to come over even though we have no idea who you are. Right. So evangelizing (laughs) strangers awkwardly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Chick tracks. What else? Chick tracks? This is great. In uh, in Genuous. (laughs) <laughs> ingenuous uh, meeting uh, not genuine. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Ingenuous. Feel like genuine. Disingenuous. Disingenuous. Yeah. Disingenuous. I'm like, I don't think that's the right word. Genuous. I think ingenuous would be ingenuous. So. Oh. Um, I, I think. I, I never used that. Yeah. It's one of those words that only has a negative. Yeah. What is the Chick tracks? Yeah. It's just the brand. It was a guy like named Jack Chick. Who like? I mean, I know what it's like. Oh, like chick. Like, 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 <laughs> 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 no, but that's a great idea. Let me put that in. Evangelistic candy stripers. Evangelistic candy stripers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just little pictures, like the cartoons, cartoons, like cartoons, books with words, like I got Mr. Right, it was it was about like you want to go to hell? It looks pretty bad, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But I think a guy named Jack Chick created them. I think that's why they're called Chick Friends. The most recent ones, yeah. The most recent ones we got at work were adult coloring book tracks. Oh, modern. Yeah. Or like a million dollar bill when somebody hands you on the street. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a lot of stories about this stuff. Mission trips. Yeah. You guys have yeah. been on a mission trip. Like I wonder how many times uh-huh. every person in Haiti has received. They're like, oh, more Americans. I, mean, I like I'll to say calls. like short term mission trips. Yep. Like yep. Short term. Short term mission trips. Service or projects. service projects, yeah. <laughs> I think of sales. <laughs> a sales pitch. Okay, so we got service projects. We got a sales pitch. Anything else? 
Uh, think of like uh, a church sort of like building things that are part of their building to attract people, like a um, gymnasium or uh, oh, yeah. some sort of like youth club. Or, what'd you say? Coffee house. A coffee house. Yeah. 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 I'll put attractional. Does that, <laughs> yeah. does that capture that? Attractional? Attractional. Sort of like yeah. come for the coffee yeah. and then. Right, right, yeah. It's just, like, Jesus never comes into it. It's just lasers, coffee, smoke. I'm coming back next week. <laughs> Confetti. Yeah, anything else? I mean, I think we're getting a picture here. Yeah. Free childcare. Free childcare? Yeah. I think of, uh, I always, I, I always feel like, um, this goes into this and this. I felt like some of the evangelistic strategies I was trained in felt like a bait and switch. Mm. Yeah. Uh, say more about that. Um, the auspices under which the conversation, I started the conversation, weren't the real. Yeah. Like, I wasn't. Like, so we have a friend, Ben, and every time we get a friend, like, the first hour of the talk, I'm just like. What do you really want? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? And I know it's coming. And then right. in the last 10 minutes of our conversation, what this person really wanted comes out. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm left being like, yeah. I knew it. Like I knew that you weren't just like really interested in what was happening with me and my right. church. Yeah. And you know, all that. I knew all of that was the precursor. So you could tell me these three hard things that you'll think I won't like. Yeah. And like this was just buttering me up to yeah. sort of sandwich this thing in here. Yeah. That's like this bait, that's like a bait and switch relationship. Yes. Where you can't really trust what's going on right now because it's not. It's um, about something else that you're agenda, not saying. It's an yeah. agenda at work. Yeah. And you feel like something's being done to you. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can explain. Yeah. 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 So yes. that's not a bait and switch. It's like. Oh, I'm gonna pretend like I'm at, I really do. I just have a question. Uh, if you, uh, you know, if you're drowning, would you say? <laughs> I'm just curious about I'm your just answer. Curious, right? you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, right. No, you're right. not just curious. Right. You're trying to do something to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a more honest kind of conversation about that would basically be, hey, uh, my church wants uh, to bump up attendance, and uh, I'm wondering if you want to come well, to my church. I need to ask you these questions, though. So <laughs> I had a class in seminary, an evangelism class in seminary, and part of the assignment was to evangelize, like, ten strangers. Oh, yeah. I remember sitting in an old boarders oh. house work. I think, I think this might have put it up. Uh, no, I'm sitting there just like sweating and trepidation. Sweating. And, like, and like coming up to strangers and just saying, hey, I'm in a seminary and I have to share the gospel with people for an assignment. Can I do that with you? I feel like that was the only way that I could like yeah. legitimately do this yeah. without being a jerk. Yeah. yeah. And, there, and most of them were really gracious. I'm not sure. Yeah, they're helping out. They saw that I was the distressed. Yeah. A distressed, sweaty seminary student. From down slider and gawkier. Bless your heart. Come on over. Well, that sort of makes the relationship honest. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I feel like. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So I feel like you're being honest with me. Like service projects, but instead people projects. 
People project, right. People as service project. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, people as projects. Hey, can I make an observation? Uh-huh. You're an evangelist, Alicia. <laughs> you, you make, you, you connect people to things that you're enthusiastic about. Mm, that's so nice. And you energize people, like, you know, you, you evangelize people about all the things you're passionate about. And it's mm -hmm. not hard for you, you just do it naturally. Yep. It's telling to me, like, out of all the classes we've had, you have more to say about the <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> yeah. So I just want you to know I see it. Oh, thank you. And it's, and it's and like, our community needs your gifting and your voice. Thank you so much. That's the reason why I finally yeah. tried kombucha. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's the reason why we're going to get Ben to do yoga sometime. <laughs> Eventually, it was just relentless evangelism. Thank you, Matt. That was very. Yeah. I just want to connect because I think you're passionate about this. You have like yeah. definite things you need to say about it. And it's, and it's part of, I just want to know that like as a community, I've heard this from multiple people. Mm -hmm. Um, people singing your praises behind your back. It's like the anti-gossip. But like there's this, yeah. it's powerfully at work in you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Do you yes. see it? Can you I see it? feel it. <laughs> you don't have to feel it, necessarily. Yeah. But do you, can you recognize that like, that what you, what you care about, you enjoy and can't not get other people excited about? Yeah. That's not, not everybody's like that. I'm not like that. I mean, just, just speaking yeah. for Spencer, because that's all I can really say. <laughs> <laughs> He's not like that at all. <laughs> we, we still have no idea what Spencer cares about. No, I'm joking. Speaking for me, like I, you know, up inside, I just don't have the same need to get other people as enthusiastic about things is, but but what you do it is the way you manage Christ. Mm -hmm. It's it's Christ's authority in at work in you for the sake of His church mm -hmm. to build us up. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, so this is not what we're talking about when we're talking about mission. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, <laughs> class dismissed. No, um, just really quickly, um, try to encapsulate the way that we want to think about this. Um, so I've, I've got stories like you guys do with you know trying to go witness you know to strangers in the park, you know as sort of this demonstration of my faithfulness or things like that. It never quite felt right, but I also felt bad that it didn't feel right. Right? It felt like oh, there's something wrong with me. Uh, that I don't do this more naturally, you know, and I need to learn to be more bold. Right, right. I, like I should want to do this. Like, what's wrong with me? That kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but I think I think I started realizing uh, the issues with this when I started thinking about because one of the other things about mission is it oftentimes boils down to in local churches inviting people to church, right? That's like the low bar, like I'm going to, and even lower than that, put a sign in your yard saying what your church is and that you love your church or whatever. So, you know what I mean? Like, and again, I, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to disparage, you know, people, but. It's just so easy though. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
As a, I'm not an evangelist, I'm a prophet. So it makes finding things that are wrong very easy. So, um, so anyway, so the, uh, but realizing there was just this circular logic at work in inviting people to church, as if that's the only thing that mission is for. Because what are you doing? You're inviting people to church, so what? So hopefully they hear the gospel message from the preacher on, from the stage and they respond and then like the, the box gets ticked or the barcode, you know, changes to the right barcode so that like when they die, like they scan it and they go to the right place, right? Okay, you're in. You said the right prayer. You, you know, you heard this thing. It's like this arbitrary thing. And so, uh, so it felt to me like, like, okay, we're, we're inviting people to church so they hear the message so that they... Um, so that they attend this church, so that they, you know, become a Christian. Yeah. And then unto what? Basically, the only, the only extra thing to do is now to, like, basically become one of the workers who gets more people into the church. You guys see the circular logic there? It's like, invite them to do what? And all it was was just making this decision so that you could scan the barcode and go to heaven when you die. So um, that became, you know, just felt very problematic uh, to me. Um, and so mission for us is connected to discipleship. It's connected to community um, because mission is essentially witnessing to something that God has done and is doing. And the only way we can do that is through our lives, which are actually affected by something that God has done and is doing. So the veracity of our message like is connected to the, the reality of it being worked out in our lives, right? So talking about your evangelistic gift, and anybody with an evangelism gift, and we all have this, like if I get excited about a new restaurant, I tell a lot of people about it. Um, but what am I doing when I tell a lot of people about a new restaurant that I enjoy? I'm telling you about an authentic experience that I have had. Like there's no alternative, there's no ulterior motive for me. I don't get a kickback from the restaurant. Right. right. I, I'm not, there's not an affiliate relationship here yeah. necessarily, right? I don't get this kickback from the restaurant. I'm just, I, I've had this experience of this food and I want to share it with you, right? So I felt like that, that is kind of where we're coming from when it comes to mission is we have to be a people together. Like that's like a prerequisite. We have to be a certain kind of community responding to God's work in our lives and then mission, mission starts to work itself out because what we're doing is sort of naturally inviting people into, calling people into the work that we ourselves are part of. It's not something different than what we're involved in. Does that make sense? And so our mission is really connected to God's mission because it's connected to God's life. Like salvation is getting connected to the life of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and what he's doing in the world. Like that's that that is uh, that's salvation. That's what God is. That's what God is on mission doing. He's calling us in. He's saying, "Hey, look, you've got a sickness. You need you need cured. Come into sharing in my life." And God shares His life with us. We share that life together as a community, and then mission just becomes share this life with us, right? It just becomes share this life with us, and and that's like all the you know go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then what? Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So there's this like, bring them in to the thing that you're in. It's not something different. It's not like you get an affiliate link or there's some other benefit that you receive. No, you're just you're receiving the benefit of being connected to God, and then you're walking you know, through your life. So so mission becomes this whole life kind of thing. 
right? Our whole life is mission because God's life is mission. It's not an extra thing that we do. It's not an activity that we participate in. You know, it's not that we would never do any of these, you know, it's not that short-term mission trips are necessarily bad. It's not that we would never do a service project or anything like that. But the, the issue becomes when these things become mission, the problem is, okay, now I've offloaded it, right? I checked that box in my life. I'm a missional Christian because I belong to a church that has a monthly service project or something. I've checked this box in my life, and it's, it's, it's now something that doesn't need to actually affect my everyday interactions, my everyday life. Does that make sense? That's kind of how we want to think about mission. That's just like a riff off the top of my head. Um, not following my notes very, very well at all. So, um, so this is why, uh, a couple things then. This is why evangelism and discipleship are really the same thing for us. Okay? So evangelism and discipleship are the same thing. Why? Because, number one, they both have to do with good news. Right? Those of you who have been in DNA groups, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think, in discipleship. But when we, when we talk about discipleship, what we're doing is learning how to respond to the truth of the good news. Right? We're learning to believe that the gospel is true. And so we uncover places in our life where I don't believe it's true. Like, oh, this is interesting. Look at this. Kairos moment, right? We, we see that. And then what happens in that process? We proclaim good news. And then what do we do? We, we're invited to respond to that good news. Well, what's evangelism? And mission. I mean, mission is a larger category than evangelism, I should say that as well. Um, mission is our whole witness. Mission is something we're always involved in. Evangelism is a specific thing that we need to learn how to do. But it's the same kind of thing that we learn how to do in our DNA. Does that make sense? So as we discern with one another where there's bad news at work in our lives, and then we proclaim good news and we invite a response, like there's a way of doing that with your neighbors, right? In a genuine way of saying like, I, I want to get to know you. I want to, and you're going to have to get to know people to know like, where is their bad news at work in their life? And then what's the most loving thing to do for somebody who's, you know, revealed to you and shared with you that they've got this bad news? Well, it's, you proclaim good news to them, right? So we learn how to do this contextually. It's not proclaiming an atonement theory to them. It's proclaiming the same kind of thing we do in our discipleship. So those two things are the same thing. So really, we're learning. We're learning to be on mission with God in our, in our DNA groups. That's what's happening there. We're learning how to be on mission with God. And our discipleship is the same kind of thing as, as the process of inviting like those who are outside the community of faith to come in. Yeah. What you're saying that is God is present at work yeah. in, in unbelievers' lives. Yes. In the same way He's present at work in believers' lives. Yes. So it's not there's not this different thing we do for yeah. people who don't identify as Christians. Right. And then we do this other thing with Christians. Right. But it's one thing we do. It's one thing we do with our whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learning. Yeah. And it's because we're connected to this God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and who has come, right, in the incarnation in order to be on mission in his world, right? Because, because this, this is why he created us, right? To be in connection with us. And so uh, we, as we get involved with the life of God, of course we get involved with the mission of God because that's what God does, you know? That's, that's his life. Um, so there's tons of, tons of good stuff there. A lot of, a lot of theology um, but let me just say, with the time that we have left, um, uh, our, friend, our friend Sean McCain, who's a priest in our diocese, um, talks about 
our communal formation um, goes from, and he, he talks about the, I think this is a good uh, picture of this stuff. So he talks about the hospitality of the gospel. And that's like uh, a number of different things where, you know, one of the ways we talk about our church is that we are uh, wanting to be a people who are encountering, embodying, and extending the hospitality of God. And, you know, it doesn't mean like put up a nice china. It means opening space for people to be and to discover and to learn and to grow. And so, um, so uh, the, the beginning part of our process of communal formation, and this is how we participate in mission, is practicing environments of hospitality. So Friday night we had story night. That's an environment of hospitality where we're learning in an intentional way to be together and to receive one another by receiving a story, right? Seeking not to interrupt or to make it about us or whatever, like we receive a story, you know? That's an act of hospitality. That would be an easy thing to invite anybody to come to, right? Like, yeah, come, share your story or whatever, you know, come into that. And so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of that kind of thing that can, that can happen, a lot of different um, places where that can happen. That overlaps then with what he calls the celebration of the gospel. So the hospitality of the gospel, the celebration of the gospel, which has to do with um, just the intentional uh, receiving the sacraments, studying scripture, um, learning the creeds, hearing sermons, learning to pray, you know, deepening your participation in worship, all of that kind of stuff. And the hinge point here is baptism, right? This is kind of like coming into the community of faith, hospitality of the gospel, baptism, celebration of the gospel. And then uh, the final thing is just, he calls it maturation in the gospel. And the hinge point here is confirmation. Yeah? And so if this is, and all of these activities are things that are good for all of us to be doing, right? So I don't, you don't graduate from story night, for example. Like, I don't graduate from, like, well, I'm a Christian now, so I don't need to share my story with people. No, like, I'm still practicing these things, right? And opening up space for more people to come and practice them. But there, there is a progression that we're seeking to draw people, that we ourselves are seeking to move into, and that we, that we call people to come into. Does that make sense? And so the two sacraments, or these two sacraments anyway, baptism and confirmation, sort of uh, typify, they mark, like, the crossing of the threshold, right? To say, it's fine to, you know, enjoy this stuff, but, like, if you, if you say, I want to be baptized, well, that's, you're crossing a threshold. There's something that you're, you know, entering into that's different from when you haven't done that, right? Confirmation is the same way. There's something you're entering into, you know, in an intentional way. So anyway, I, like there's, there's all kinds of different practices in here, but um, I thought it was a good way of kind of illustrating what we're talking about. Like this is the process we're all involved in, and what God's doing out there, he's doing in here. And what God's doing in here, he's doing out there. And we're seeking to like participate in it. Like the ultimately, mission is participating in the life of God. Everywhere we go. Um, we don't have time, we don't have time to get into it, but one of the main practices that we want to that we want to cultivate uh, in order to be able to pay attention. So how do we notice what God is doing, right? And what he's not doing. Like a lot of the evangelism strategies we've talked about over here, missional strategies, they're things that we're in control of and we decide to do, right? We're going to go witness on Wednesday night at this park to these people, whoever happens to be there. And boom, we're going to try to make some things happen, get some results, that kind of thing. Um, but one of the main practices we talk about to to try to be responsive to what we see God doing is recognizing a person of peace. 
How many of you guys know this language? Have you heard person of peace? Some of you? So a person of peace uh, comes from Luke 10 when Jesus sends, his, sends the 72 out. And he says, as you go, I want you to go out two by two. And as you go, look for a person of peace, basically. A, a man of peace. There's all kinds of different translations for it. But you look for a person who welcomes you, a person who receives you into their home. In that context, they, they're happy to have you in their home. So you go out in need of a place to stay and in need of food. Like you don't, you don't go out with an extra bag. You don't go out with a ton of cash. You go out in need needing something from somebody. You go out and, and you notice who receives you. And then there's this mutuality, right? So they receive you, which means they offer you hospitality for the evening, they're gonna give you a meal. And then what do you do? Heal the sick, proclaim the good news, you know? And kind of see what happens. Does that make sense? So there's a, there's a practice that we, want to, that we want to learn how to do is recognizing a person of peace. And that just basically means God's at work in this relationship somehow. He's drawing you together with, with someone, and there's, he's at work somehow in this relationship. And so it, it's, it's been really helpful for me uh, to recognize, hey, when I really jive with somebody, when I really resonate with somebody, or when I notice you know, a neighbor is always offering to watch the kids or you know, that kind of thing, something else might be going on there that I, that I should be paying attention to. Because God may be drawing us together in a relationship, right, in order, in order to, you know, the kingdom. You know, there, may be, there may be some mutual kind of benefit there. So anyway, we want to talk through that at some point, probably in our discipleship stuff. But um, I mean, that's about all I got, I guess. We, we spent quite a bit of time uh, at the beginning just talking about confirmation, which is fine and good. It was great. It was great. It was really good. But does anybody have any like observations or questions about mission? At the, let me say this too, before we do that. But this is actually an active, so this mission is our whole life, it's great, but we are actually seeking right now to, like, what does it look like for us as a community to be more intentionally, uh, so Jesus, when he said, look for a person of peace, he didn't just say, you know, hang out in your house, you know, and watch Netflix and hope somebody knocks on the door, right? There was this activity he sent them into, right, to find a person of peace. And so we're trying to discern right now as a community, like what are those things, you know, what is that, what are those relationships? How can we be involved in a more intentional way in the renewal of all things, right? And, and specifically as it regards the poor, as it regards the marginalized, the oppressed, like how do we connect with these people? Because there's a promise there that Jesus, Jesus is there. You meet Jesus there. So how do, how do we put ourselves in, that, in, those, in those ways without it devolving into, hey, we've got a monthly service project. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do we actually live with and become friends with? And... So we're trying to discern right now. It's hard. I just wanted to say that too. Can I say one thing about mm-hmm. this? Um, so as an example of what this looks like, well, let me just say this. We are... We are committed to figuring out a way to witness to Jesus in a non-colonial, non-purial way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? Going with power and answers, and we're here, you're welcome. Yeah. Kind of posture. Like, we're going to civilize the barbarians. Uh, which is the dominant posture of most churches in this area. 
So we, we're trying to not just, we're trying to just carve out a new imagination for what it looks like to actually go in need, to actually go in weakness, to go rely on the person that you want to reach, rather than, hey, why wouldn't you want our church in your community because you have lots of drug problems and maybe I should which is kind of the dominant posture of yeah. most Christians, mm-hmm. right? So, just just to be like really clear about it, we stink at that. Like, meaning, like all we know from sort of like the culture, the theological tradition we come out of, the culture we've inherited, is how to be in charge and control and imperialistic. Yeah. Right. So, like, all, like Ben and I, and probably most of us, come out of a colonial mindset of like we have power. We have resources. We have things you need. We're here to help, right? And what Jesus models and describes is, is not coming privileged, but coming under people mm-hmm. in, in a submitted way. And we just have to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. There aren't tons of models for that in our cultural tradition. Yep. I think an easy way is by in the relationships that you do have and people that you do want to reach, it's not necessarily like, I don't have food, can like I come over, you know, because it's just, I mean, it's like obvious that you probably do have food. Uh, I think it's more of like a need of, I need you. So really like confessing all of your weaknesses to somebody, a friend, and saying like, these are my weaknesses, like, <laughs> You know, and if they don't want to share theirs, that's fine. But it's like getting, putting yourself in a position where you are completely like raw is probably, to me, the most like genuine and like real thing somebody can do in a relationship. I don't think it's necessarily like, yeah, like I said, like I need food or like, because it's just in America, like that's just not really heard of, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because the, it, what's typical, for me at least, is to want to uh, control people's perception of me yeah. and and for them to know that I, I'm fine rather than to come in weakness and vulnerability and, yeah. and be completely like, yes. I, don't have, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know all the answers yeah. or anything, you know? Yeah. yeah. What's going on here? Because it makes people feel safe, and I think yeah. that's what draws people. Yes. Yeah. Like to your soul, you know. It really does expose like who really is the person of peace. Like I think about like our own one of our own neighbors who, when we lost Hamlet, our dog, for that twenty four hours, like we knew which neighbors were like ready to be there for us to support us. And one neighbor we can think of is like you know once we got him back, like she brought over some doggy toys and like was like hey here you go, like I'm just so worried about him. And you know just the other day she we walked we got home and we had found this. A bag hanging up on the side of our garage, and in it, it had this Elsa tiara that she got for Goliath that she found at the Goodwill. She was thinking about us, we're like, that's a person's piece. Yeah. And she's like offered multiple times to like babysit, and there's part of me that's like, babysit my kid. Yeah. You know, like, and like the American, like, that's where I, that's a Kairos for me, where I'm like, mm. I don't know if I feel safe. Like, but you know, but at the same time, like, there is something, like when you said, pay attention to like what's going on, and there's something going on there. Like yeah. when you said that, she came to my mind. Hmm. So, um, yeah. so that's yeah. just an example of a comment. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's good.
That's why, uh, that's why we need that in, uh, intelligence in our church that you carry, we talked about earlier. So, and others do as well. Um, friends, it's time to go. I'm going to put in the notes a quote from Gerhard Lothink that uh, I wanted to read today, but I'm not going to read it. It's a little bit long, but it's beautiful because it talks about, like, as we're out there looking for a person of peace, like, we're, there's, it's connected to our community because this is where we work out. Like, what does it mean for us to live as Christ? Like, there's no way for me to do that by myself. I have to do that, you know, learning to forgive and, you know, walk through things, you know, with a community. Um, basically, the quote talks about that. Of just that's, that's how salvation begins. It begins at one place. People can see it. Uh, they can observe it. And if they want to, not through coercion, they can be drawn into salvation, the history of salvation that God is writing. So anyway, that's, that's local church life for us is we're being drawn into the history of salvation that God is writing for all of creation. It's like the coolest thing we get to do, right? Be involved with what God is doing as a community. Okay? All right. Amen. Amen. Peace. One more week.